0: Approaching 12.08 on this Monday afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us. Coming up on the show, we are expecting updates from both TransLink and the union involved in the current strike. That means most buses and CBUS have been parked and will stay parked for at least the next 48 hours. So we have been hearing from people as well who have been out and about who found themselves stranded when the deadline of 3 a.m. came, but... We're also hearing that many buses were parked a couple of hours before that. Take a listen to this passenger who was asked by Global News if he was supportive of the strike.
1: Yes and no, because it kind of like destroys people's work ethic, but they got to do what they got to do
0: to survive, too, right? Nothing you can really do about it. It's the union you deal with, right? So let's bring on Dennis Agar, Executive Director for Movement, Metro Vancouver Transit Riders. Dennis, thank you so much for taking some time today. My pleasure. What are your thoughts on, uh, we knew that this was a possibility that if they didn't find a deal uh, at the bargaining table uh, during the weekend, that this was going to be the situation this morning. But what are your thoughts on the fact that most buses and c CBUS are out for a 48-hour period?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's been a real hardship out there. I've been hearing stories of people taking $70 Uber rides and having to cancel medical appointments. Um, I've heard stories of people waiting at bus stops with just no idea what's going on. Um, and I've heard some good stories of pe- you know bosses driving their staff to work. but ultimately this this just really reinforces the fact that Metro Vancouver runs on buses. It's such an essential part of our transportation network, and we've we've been underfunding it thus far and and you know unfortunately, it's kind of um, it's really being demonstrated today.
0: Uh, we heard a few stories when you mentioned Uber and other ride mm. shares off the top, but we're hearing from those companies, or at least from Uber, I think, saying that they've stopped the surge pricing because oh, of, of the strike and because of that, because like you said, we were hearing some pretty pretty high bills for people who really yeah. had no other option. Uh, are there other options, though, as far as SkyTrain is still running, Canada Line yeah. is still running, and, and and this is, at this point, is only focusing, is only having an impact on buses and C bus. So is, does that make it at least so, so people can try and find some other options?
1: Um, yeah. You know, people are, are finding, finding their way to their best ability. West van blue bus is also running. If that um, is running anywhere near you. Um, uh, Evo, it's a little bit fun to watch the map of Evos in a situation like this because they all swarm like bees. <laughs> <laughs> the people are really relying on Evo and moto, I think as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you um, you know, the cost of a used car right now is $39,000. And it's the same story for any kind of housing close to SkyTrain. It's, it's just way too expensive. And that means that, you know, anyone in the middle class really has to end up relying on the bus. Um, and that's, that bus network is bursting at the seams. And, um, you know, transit supervisors, I think are seeing the, feeling the strain of that bus ridership being so high in the same way that riders are. So yeah.
0: Are there certain areas that you're hearing from that are that are harder hit? And we're going to be talking to somebody who was at the Surrey, uh, one of the bigger stops in Surrey when the buses started being parked. Are there certain areas where there really isn't? I mean, if you're in Vancouver, you might be able to, to use SkyTrain or Canada Line. But once you get further out, I'm imagining the impact is bigger.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, areas like Newton um, that are just like you know, far enough from the SkyTrain that it's probably too far to walk. Um, and, you know, areas like um, Sunset, uh, places that have a really high percentage of transit riders, like these are areas where, you know, 40-plus percent of commuters take the bus. Um, and so these are the places that are definitely getting harder hit. And, and also, you know, places where people are generally commuting to jobs that need to be done in person. You know, I've heard of a lot of people being able to, to work from home, but that's not a universal experience by any means.
0: Do you think that the the impacts or the response to this, is it different in that when we've had transit strikes in the past, uh, oftentimes we've been talking about the drivers, the people mm. that, that riders see every day. Uh, this is a strike by the transit supervisors, by, uh, by 180 supervisors who one of their main concerns, they say, is that they're not getting paid as much as their counterparts within TransLink. Does that change, do you think, the public's support or lack of support when it comes down to the fact there are people, thousands of people who are stranded by this?
1: You know, what I've seen, uh, the change in public support for unions in general is is just what's happening across our continent. I think there's just been a real growth in the understanding that, uh, you know, unions can fight for for salary benefits that ultimately you know overflow beyond just the members of that particular union to all of us. Um, And so even just your comment, uh, or the comment that, that we heard at the top of the segment, Uh, you know, demonstrated that there's, I think, more sympathy now for Uh, labor these days than there has been, Um, you know, especially certainly when I was a kid.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And looking ahead, and again, we are hoping or we will be getting an update from both TransLink and from CUPE, the union involved in this. So we should hopefully have some updates throughout the afternoon. How concerned, though, do you think transit riders are that this could potentially expand beyond buses and could also target SkyTrain?
1: I think yeah, transit riders are definitely watching their social media feeds and their news uh, for any any kind of you know information about this. Uh, we've got a lot of very recent examples of really long strikes in this province, you know, in in the Fraser Valley for a couple of months, and in and in Squamish. Uh, Whistler. So we're definitely, you know, I think those examples are really top of mind.
0: There have also been calls or certainly people talking about having transit declared an essential service. So even if that didn't mean keeping it at the levels that it would normally be at, that there would still be some level of service for people. Do you think it should be declared an essential service?
1: That's a good question. Um, I understand that there are pros and cons to that. Um, I haven't given it much thought. Uh, I think like, you know, lowercase e, lowercase s, like it is an essential service definitely um, for all these riders. But in terms of what the implications are, um, you know, that's something that's worth discussion. I know it happened in Ontario and then it got repealed and there was a, you know, a bunch of chatter about that. So it's 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 definitely worth considering.
0: All right. Well, we are going to keep uh, tabs on this and uh, getting updates, hopefully throughout the afternoon. But Dennis, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for joining the show today. My pleasure. Thank you so much.